What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the 2021 Sony Open DFS embedding preview with the Tour Junkies. I do want to apologize. We've got some audio issues, some in and out stuff going on throughout the show. It's not terrible. It's a little annoying. Um, we're working on some new things right now with the show, trying to go live on YouTube and do some different production elements on the show. We had a listener call in live on the show as well that had some lag problems. We're getting all the kinks worked out. We warned you this might happen last week, okay? We're doing some new stuff. We're trying to up the production value of the podcast. Please be patient with us if you don't mind and come back and, uh, and finish this show because despite the the sound issues. It's actually a good show. We have a good time. We're going to talk through Sony Open, our favorite bets, our favorite DFS picks. At the end, we're going to do Pontificate with Pat. He's got some weird stuff rolling through that brain of his. It's a good time. As always, our, our podcast is presented by fantasynational.com slash TJ, our one-stop shop for all of our stats, our course history, our tournament breakdowns, our recent results, anything PGA Tour golf data is all on fantasynational.com slash TJ, and you can become a member and get 20% off any subscription that you choose when you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. So let's get to it. Here are the picks and plays and fades and all that good stuff for the Sony Open 2021. We're ready to get at it. DB here, Pat Perry was here. Now he's getting out of the screen. Oh, now he's back in. Great, what's up, Pat? Um, we are ready to rock and roll on this lovely Monday night of the Sony Open. Many of you are probably watching the football game right now, but me and Pat aren't because you know why? Because we don't care because the Bulldogs aren't playing in it. So, you know what? I don't care who wins. I hope the refs win. That's what I hope. Pat's flipping on a banging jacket. What is that jacket you got there, Pat? Well, you know, I was getting a little chilly in my room here. So, uh, you know, I just figured I'd put on one of our new jackets, yeah. long shot season. Right there. Which we may get a little bit of that this week. You know, last last week with the Century Tournament of Champions, it wasn't as likely only 42 guys in the field. But this week, 144 players, I think. I think we could get a little bit of that long shot. Yeah, I agree. I even got a few long shots I'm going to take. Lovely. Pat, what's the podcast juice tonight? Myself, I'm having a little, uh, I'm switching it up tonight. I'm going with a little uh, wild leap side bay. This is my side bay, my double IPA. Mm delicious i like that i like that well i went with the little hawaiian theme and this is uh the kona brewing company see that this is their golden ale okay so love it um producer sam is back here working for us we appreciate sam ready to rock and roll we're gonna have a great show tonight he's drinking something weird i don't know what he's thinking he's drinking uh, i don't know not some kind of he's eating like carrots and hummus and some sort of weird beer. Um, so we're we're just not gonna oh yingling, my bad. Okay, not a weird beer. Yingling is what it is. That's producer Sam. Let's get to it. First off, Harris English wins the century tournament of champions at 33 to 1. Didn't have him on the betting card, but this is why you need to be in the nut hut because on Thursday morning in the nut hut, I was chatting it up with some members and I, I, I said something. I said, you know what? Harris English is going under the radar. I've warmed up on him. Kind of like your uh, FGS play, Pat. Um, your your pop the cork and let it breathe play of the week. That kind of that's kind of what happened to English for me on Thursday morning and put him in there in the nut hut. Hopefully, some people made a lot of money. Uh, uh, Neiman, I did write up in the betting card. We, me and you both, love Neiman on the show. And just you know what? If he wouldn't have been sitting picnicking with Sergio and his girlfriend and doing whatever he was doing, maybe between the you know waiting around on the playoff, maybe he could have won something. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, Neiman was fantastic. I think I saw he made like 31 birdies the entire week, which is just incredible. Wow. Uh, speaking of birdies, how about you and the monkey knife fight thing? Just starting off just hot. Bang. I mean, just, a monkey knife fight lock prop of the week. I gave it the maximum rating, confidence rating I could give it on tourjunkies.com. It's a free article. Every week I'm going to take my favorite monkey knife fight prop and, and just tell you how confident I am. Rate it one through four dollar signs. I told you that one last week was a four dollar sign lock, and it hit. Uh, let's see. I think I think DJ needed sixty two out of seventy two holes, and Rom and JT only needed fifty nine out of seventy two holes, and it hit. It was easy money. Sign up for uh, Monkey Knife Fight right now. Promo code Tour Junkies gets you a deposit bonus. That was nice. Also, a highlight from last week was your fantasy golf sommelier video that went up on youtube it was freaking hysterical um i don't really know if any fantasy content was was all that pertinent but i don't remember any of it at least i just remember it was very funny i know you're gonna i know you're gonna you're gonna change it up a little bit this week and the listeners can viewers can expect a little uh maybe slightly uh you know different format into uh tomorrow's video tuesday's video but i'm really excited about the the fgs uh series on youtube yeah, I mean, I'm going to always try to bring the humor in there, but I am, I'm probably going to, these first few weeks, I'm going to play with a, a little bit of a you know different format from week to week, but uh, we'll, we'll get it kind of nailed down. But it was fun. I think it's actually uh, way better than the actual article. I don't have to worry about you getting upset about grammatical errors because yes. you're, you're, you're the grammar police. Everybody can't stand the grammar police, and that's, that's what you are. I mean, you are. I mean, I'm not saying people it can't stand you. They just can't stand the grammar police. And uh, so. Well, I'm pretty sure people can't stand me either, but that, that's uh, it's my cross to bear. Uh, speaking of videos, Ben, Chalk Bomb Ben's head-to-head matchups betting video comes out this week as well. Um, he's going to start that this week. It's going to be on YouTube. Look for it on Tuesday evening maybe. Um, should be a great video. He's going to break down his three favorite head-to-head matchups in the betting market, walk you through his process, show you some, some data that he finds on these golfers. He's going to really defend the play. He's going to keep track of those picks all year. It's going to be a shorter video, maybe 10 minutes, 15 max. That's going to be up on the YouTube as well. The Chalk Bomb email is back this week. You're going to get the Chalk Bomb delivered to your inbox on Wednesday evening. If you've not already subscribed, go to tourjunkies.com, bottom right-hand corner of any page on the website. You can put your email address in there and subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. Finally, our Nut Hut Listener League, we had a winner Last week, segment two started last week. If you're not familiar, if you're a Nut Hut member, you get invited to a free DraftKings contest with other Nut Hut members every single week. And every winner every week is going to get to the finals. And the winner of the finals is going to uh, get a chance to come to Augusta, Georgia and play some golf with me and Pat at Champions Retreat. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited about it. And there's a lot of ways to win. You can win a weekly contest or you can win a total uh, segment. Uh, so there's all kind of details in the nut hut, but you got to sign up on tourjunkies.com. But uh, at BC Winter, Barrett Winter won. His lineup scored 716 and a half DraftKings points with Harris English, Joaquin Neiman, Sung J.M., Daniel Berger, Sebastian Munoz, and Adam Scott. So pretty, uh, pretty awesome lineup there. He went balanced. He didn't really go studs and duds. So shout out to Barrett. Thanks for playing in that. Last announcement. Last announcement is I will be on the Pat Mayo show um, this week. So on Tuesday afternoon, the DFS show is coming out with Pat Mayo. I'll be over there, so check that out. Me and Pat getting together should be a good time. I'm just, my life is full of Pats, so uh, it's a good time. Looking forward to it. 
Um, I think that's all I got, man. Pat, I'm ready to, to hear about the course breakdown. Wailai Country Club here in uh, Honolulu, I think it is, right? Yes, it is. And uh, this is a great course, Wailai Country Club. They have played, this is, I think, the wrong, longest running event on tour as far as uh, on a particular course. Uh, I think they've been doing this since 1965 here, but it is a par 70 playing just over 7,000 yards. And we got a full field event this week. T65 and ties are going to make the cut. Bermuda grass from T to green. Uh, and these greens roll pretty quick, um, you know, and they roll pretty true to form as far as Bermuda is concerned. Very small greens. And so, so when you look at this course, there's just a few things really that you've got to do well here. I mean, it's, it's not that tricked up. It's pretty straightforward. you got to drive the ball well off the tee. You got to make sure you've got a good angle to get into these greens and approach these small greens, and you got to scramble well if you do miss the greens. So I think that's important. But look, I mean, it's again, it's not really that difficult of a course. It typically plays as one of the easiest courses on tour. There are only two par fives on this course. You got to hammer those par fives. I mean, you've got to make birdies when you get to the par fives and take advantage of that. That is key this week. But I'm definitely looking at strokes gained approach. I'm looking at good drives gained. That's something on Fantasy mm. National stat that I like, something I'm going to look at. Definitely your ball strikers in course history and recent form. Yeah, a, a quick note that I made on this uh, in this tournament is the last six of seven winners this week at the Sony Open have all played in the Tournament of Champions in seven of the last ten. So maybe a little trend to be looking at going into this week. But there you go. That is the uh, quick version of Wiley Country Club. Looking forward to getting to it. I love that yeah. we got a, you know, that we got a full cut event this week too. Well, and I'm looking at it, actually, if you take it back even further, 15 of the last 22 winners played Kapalua the week before, and 14 of the last 15 winners have played at Wiley before. So course experience matters here. Obviously arriving to uh, Hawaii, having played Kapalua, like you said, clearly, clearly helps. Yeah, I think anybody, any kind of talent off the tee can win here. I love the good drives gained stat that you bring up. That's a proprietary fantasy national stat. Love the the opportunities gained stat as well. Small greens, like you said, got to make a ton of birdies here. Last year, the weather was tough. Just like just like the century was tough last year with weather. Last year, this place was tough too. And, and you saw lower, you saw higher scoring. The highest scores that we've seen since like 2010, I believe, when Cam Smith beat Brendan Steele. Um, but you also, you know, speaking of long shot season, Pat, if you look at past winners here, I mean, Cam Smith was 55 to one. Patton Kazire a few years before that was 80 to one. Uh, one of the first big bets that I ever hit on this very podcast was back in 2016 for Fabian Gomez at 100 to one. Mm. Russell Henley won at 100 to one. Johnson Wagner at 125 to one. And how about this? Back in 2010, a guy who's playing really good right now. Ryan Palmer won this event at 250 to one. So you can have long shot winners hit this week. And you also had Patrick Reed and Victor Hovland withdraw. So you've got, you know, two of the bigger names studs in the shorter betting markets that have, that have been, you know, that have withdrawn. So I think this, uh, this is definitely shaping up to potentially be a longer shot winner, but yeah, it's about hitting, hitting these greens in regulation, making the putts on Bermuda. It's very grainy Bermuda. Uh, we've heard from some some caddies in the past that this, uh, you know, around the greens and the fairways is thick, kind of tough Bermuda. You know, guys got to be comfortable chipping out of that stuff. So I actually looked at, um, obviously, good drives gained, as you mentioned, opportunities gained, strokes gained approach. And I'm looking at Bermuda studs, but not just putting. 
also chipping strokes gain around the green on courses where we do have uh, where we do have Bermuda. Now, apparently, we also have uh, a regular listener who is, I guess, I, he's 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 got a rant about um, about stats. I guess he's he's against stats. So Marcus Miklovich wants to get uh-huh. in here, and uh, old Marco wants to get in here and uh, and debate some stats or something. I don't know what his deal is, but we could bring him in, Sam, if he's available. Um, oh, wait a minute. Is he available? Is he coming? Marcus, this guy. Can you hear you. me? Am I here? I can hear you, Marcus. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Can uh, yeah, I'm I'm here. Good. I'm on stand Marcus, only. Marcus, what uh, are you what are stats. you doing, man? What's your problem? I, I got a problem with stats. I don't like them. I don't like strokes gained. I don't like models. I don't like any of this other than realize, learning to look how a player plays, what the player's profile is. Huh. So if you look at it, strokes gained stats are versus the field, right? Yep. So if a guy gains a lot of stats in a crappy field, <laughs> then he is not, he's just gaining stats versus that field. If you look at a person that's going, gaining strokes versus an elite field, he is playing better golf than that person that's gaining a lot of strokes on the crappy field. Okay. Better players okay. just across the board. So just strokes gained, uh, strokes gained better so players when you, is all you're looking at. Yes. Marcus, I feel like you lose a. I feel like you lose a shit ton of money playing DFS. What is this? What What are you doing? You're trying to get in here and, and make people lose money playing DFS. <laughs> you gotta have. You gotta have some stats, man. Listen, <laughs> you got to. You got to be able to see like how you got there, man. It's it's the you know the saying. It's not the destination. It's the journey, Marcus. You know it, what? How did we get here? How did we get to this point? Yeah, I can see Harris English won a golf hey, tournament. Hey, hey. Marcus just he just wants to stop. He just wants to stop. Marcus, are you there? We're lagging here. I guess the internet can't handle this this hellish take you have. You know what? Marcus is clearly out of here. Well, that was a good try. Um, that was a good try. <laughs> that was a good try. Is all I could say. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we gotta love Marcus too. Longtime listener. Uh, follower of TJ, just a a fantastic dude. Does he have the nickname Crazy Marcus? Maybe he does, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't, you know, that's just that's affectionate. That's an affectionate uh, nickname. Yeah, I actually, I think if now if we had a little bit better connection there, I think that the the argument um, he was getting somewhere with it. I, you know, I get tired of stats too. I mean, I think when you're you know, you talk about this all the time, David. I mean, you talk about this literally, I mean, not every show, but I mean, it's the most variable game that there is. So you can't always just look at stats. That's why I like to watch a lot of golf and see how these guys are playing. And you, that's where I think recent form plays into a lot of the guys that I'm choosing. But yeah, I do agree that stats in general are at least something you need to use as a guide. But I am never a person that's going to have a model that I'm going to say, okay, well, if this guy isn't in my model, then I'm just not going to take him. If I've seen him playing yeah. well, then I'm going to take him. 
we're not big, big, big model guys. I mean, we I run one. I think Pat looks at one, or maybe he knows how to spell it or something. I don't know. But uh, we've never been huge model guys. We definitely like watching a lot of golf and um, kind of reading between the lines. And I'll tell you what, man, actually, this is pretty relevant to uh, – I'm, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. This is what I do. I do this best. Um, uh, our Henrik Norlander interview that we just posted on YouTube. And, and if you've not – if you're looking at it going, oh, Henrik Norlander, I don't want to – I don't – I don't want to listen to Henry Norlander. Who the heck is that guy? Well, let me just tell you, Norlander almost made $1.3 million on the PGA Tour last year. He's a 76th-ranked golfer in the world. He won two collegiate national titles with Patrick Reed at Augusta State. He's one of the best ball strikers on the planet. But his interview was so insightful, and the perspective he had was so, so, so good. But also, at one point in the interview, he said something. I look at him, and I go, so basically what you're saying is like we're complete idiots for trying to handicap golfers and golf tournaments. And he's like, yeah, pretty much you are. Because there is so much that goes on behind the scenes that we have no idea. You know, we, we, we laugh and say sometimes it's strokes gain home life, right? It's the stuff that, that we'll never know about some of these players, about what's going on. And Henrik enlightened us to some of that stuff. But, I mean, the more, you know, spend time with kids, Charles Howell, some of these guys that we're close to, Joel Damon, Gino. JT Post and Fleener, uh, Swedberg, all these, some of the coaches we know, like the more we talk to these guys when the, when the microphones aren't on, the more you hear that there are so many things about this that are just so are unknowable, like unless you are in the tightest of circles. Um, so I do feel like you can put a lot of, you can put way too much weight on data and on stats. I think that's very true. But Marcus out there in California with Gavin Newsom running his, his uh, internet, problems he can just shut it because i mean you can't just throw stats out the window marcus you just you just can't you just got to have a balance you know what i mean we got to balance it out all right and rant over there we'll, we'll try to work the kinks out with the, the listener call-in stuff but we want to make that more of a regular thing um, i guess marcus didn't want to put his mug on the screen either because we could have had him on video but um i, I guess he didn't want to do that i don't know with the with the the, the lag we seem to have right now i don't know if that would have worked out too well it'd be bad but whatever uh okay uh let's get into some DraftKings plays pat we're gonna kick it off with uh 9k and above range on DraftKings, uh three gpp picks and a fade in the 9k and above i will let you start sir what you gonna do well i'm gonna start at the very top and you know what i wanted to fade this guy at first but I'm going to play some Webb Simpson this week at 11-1. I know the price is high, but I do think there's some value in the, in the lower range, especially in that lower 7K range that I like. So I like Webb. I mean, this is just a perfect course for him. I mean, if you, if you, if you want to look at a, you know, the type player that this course fits, it is Webb Simpson. I mean, you know, great ball striker, great on approach. You know, he... He puts well on Bermuda. I mean, all of these things fit the mold for Webb Simpson. So I think that he is a great play. I'm sure he's probably going to have higher ownership. I don't care. Oh, no. I'm still going to play him. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Maybe not. If he doesn't, I'll even like to play even more. But um, you know, you look across the board. The stats I mentioned. I mean, he's top ten strokes gained around the green. Checks the box on approaching and then ball striking. I mentioned that. You know, he's fourth in the field in putting on Bermuda. He's fifth in that good drives gain stat. So I like Webb at 11-1. Also going to go back to the well with uh, our boy Joaquin Neiman at 10-4. The guy's just been on fire lately, and it's, it, this is another course that he should play well on. Um, one of the things I like about Neiman, the more and more you watch him, it's just how many different – Well, 
I didn't, you said that. I, I didn't say that. But, yeah, I mean, maybe that's something. Um, but it's just how many different shots he can hit and how he shapes the ball and his, you know, he's just got sort of a natural feel to the game that I like with him. So, and, you know, he's second in the field in ball striking, top 10 in strokes gain approach. He's number one in par four scoring, 14th in, in good drives gain. So I like some Neiman at 10 4. My last GPP play is Sung J M at 9,800. Now, he was my pop the court play last week on nice. the FGS video. This is another course that I think is just perfect for him as long as he can scramble okay. Maybe, like, let's just hope he doesn't miss any greens because that's the thing. Scrambling is, is literally across the board. Everything's good outside of scrambling. He's 117th in the field. Let's just hope that he hits all the greens and we don't have to worry about that. But I still like him at 9,800. And then my fade is going to be Adam Scott at 9,000, a guy that came out mm-hmm. the blocks hot last week at Cap. Still not sure it's all there. He said, I think he said in that first round, it was one of the best in forever. Um, still not, not a huge believer of him yet. And he's just not really, he's not really popping for me at all. So Adam Scott will be my fade at 9,000. There you go. Well, speaking of your pop the cork and uh, let it breathe play and your your FGS article, I do think we got to shout out our friends at Wine Access, which we told you about last week. If you guys like wine, you want to get into wine, Wine Access, go to wineaccess.com slash tour. Get 20% off your first order at Wine Access. It's a really cool site. It lets you uh, shop a bunch of different wines. I love that you can shop by category, by occasion. So if you don't know what in the world you're talking about, you can you can look it up that way. When they send you the wine, they send you some incredible information on the wine. Not just the the detailed stuff that if you're like really into wine, you want to know, but the stuff that if you're like a wine idiot like me, that that like you could halfway rattle off and sound impressive, you know, and how how long to let the wine breathe and all this kind of stuff. It's very very cool. Um you get a 100% money back guarantee on all the wines. They get wines from places that other stores can't and they get kind of special selections from big wine uh, vineyards and things like that that um, they're kind of first to market with or other people can't get. They make it easy to drink well. They have a master sommelier on staff helping select their wines, unlike Pat. He's a real sommelier. Uh, mm, very cool. Yeah. Pat, what's the, what's the most recent uh, wine you're enjoying there at Wine Access? Um, well, it's the uh, Seven Roads something from uh olaf winery jeez <laughs> okay <laughs> fantastic the the name skit i forgot the damn name of the wine but it was so good it was a blend it was fantastic it had like i mean the flavors were unreal it was some good shit so uh yeah if you if you like wine i mean the thing about it is it's not like they're just throwing stuff up on the site and getting it from anywhere i mean it is good stuff it's good wine you get to pick and choose it's not like you have to like you know, it's not like you have to like choose only reds or only whites or whatever. You can mix and match and do all these kind of things. So it's 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 a great site. And like you said, I like having to know the wine tasting notes so that I sound mm. smart when I'm talking about the wine. You sounded real smart in the FGS video talking about it. It was really nice. Uh, they also have a, a podcast called Wine Access Unfiltered, and they have like celebrities and athletes, and they drink wine, they talk about it, they tell stories. It's kind of cool. You can check that out. But head over to wineaccess.com slash tour to get 20% off your first order. Uh, we appreciate those guys for helping us out. Um, all right, I'll make this pretty quick and easy for me. I'm going to go. So I think the debate here this week in terms of the 9K and above range is, you know, and it is this way every week. 
you going to commit to the studs and duds or are you going to go balanced? And when I look down at the lower range on DraftKings, I just can't bring myself to play too high up top. Uh, but I will say that if I were, my pick would be Webb Simpson. I was going to go Webb, um, but at the last minute, I'm deciding to go a little more balanced. I'm going to go with your boy Sung JM, who you talked about. Really love to see what he did last week. Um, He's making his second appearance at, at Wiley. Uh, and I and I love I love that um, actually his third appearance at Wiley. Um, but I, I love how good he is on Bermuda. Sung Jay's playing so well on Bermuda. I love that he can get up and down if he needs to because you're gonna they're gonna miss more greens this week than we saw last week, right? So when you miss them, you better be able to get up and down. I'm playing Sung Jay. I'm playing Daniel Berger. Uh, it's brutal to see his Sunday. He just did not play well on Sunday at all. But uh, wrote him up on the betting card as well, and he just fizzled on Sunday when he had a chance. But the ball striking was there. The play was there. Just didn't quite turn it up a notch on Sunday. But I think Berger on Bermuda, coastal course, it, it's the same story, second verse here in Hawaii for D, for for, uh, for DB straight vibing is who uh, Daniel Berger would be at 10,000. And then I'm going to go with the, the guy who was the chalk last week, and I happened to play him, and he happened to help me make some money on DraftKings, and that's Ryan Palmer, your 2010 Sony Open champion. That's right, 2010 Sony Open champion. 9200 bucks, but you can't argue with how good Ryan Palmer has been playing, uh, and, he, and he played well here last year with a T4 here at Wiley. Um, but, I mean, he's striking the ball well. He's, he's putting it well. I mean, he's just doing everything solid, and I think, he's, I think he's riding a different level of confidence, if you ask me. I mean, I think when you saw, you know, when you saw the runner-up at Memorial, you saw he had a pretty decent summer, um, eighth place at the RBC Heritage, which you could kind of compare to this place, Coastal not super long, uh, grainy Bermuda. Uh, I, I think there's something to what Ryan Palmer's doing right now. Fourth place last week, like I said, and a fourth at the Zozo. So back-to-back fourth-place finishes. I really like Palmer uh, here, and my fade is going to be last week's champ, and I hate to do it, but I'm going to fade Harris English. Now listen, he's playing unbelievable right now, but it is his first win in seven years. I think it's a big monkey off his back. He's got to feel relieved, which is great, and I think I think that will have a long-lasting impact for him, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And I bet he could win again. Um, but you're getting him now at a much higher price, 10-8 in this field. I don't know that I want to pay 10-8 for Harris English. Um, there could be a little bit of a letdown here. I like the balance build. <clears throat> balance build. It's definitely more of a price and and you know lineup structure play here with Harris English, but. I will say his last top 10 here at the Sony Open was 2015. Um, he was 13th out of 42 in strokes gained tee to green last week at the Century, but he was first in putting. He did all his damage with the putter, which is very typical. Harris English, now he wasn't bad tee to green, obviously, you know, top third of the field. Um, but, you know, definitely if, if he has a letdown ball striking wise, the irons aren't going to blow you away. His irons aren't Colin Morikawa, you know, Sung J.M., Right, you know, Daniel Berger kind of irons. He does a lot of damage with the putter. He's making everything. So I think at 10-8, I think it's the wise play to go ahead and uh, and tell Harris English, see you later. So uh, let's talk about the 8K range, two GPP plays and a fade. I'm going to go back to the well. I talked him up last week, and he didn't, he didn't have a bad week, but I, I don't know. I'm going to go back with Kevin Kisner, our boy, at 8,800. Uh, when you look over, when you look at Bermuda putters, he's third in this field over the um, 
uh, over the last 36 rounds and putting on Bermuda. The iron play has been solid. The record here is also pretty good. I mean, T4 last year, T4 in 2017, T5 in 2016. He's on the record talking about how much he loves this place. He, we got to see him play Kapalua. We talked about the Kapalua storyline where if, you know guys who play the week before tend to do so much better here. You're going to hear that a ton all week from a bunch of people. You know, I definitely want to lean on that a little bit. I, I'm not going to only play guys that played Kapalua, but I want to lean on that, and I like Kiz here, uh, especially, again, with that balance build. Um, and then I'm going to go down to Lonto Griffin at 8,100. T7 here last year. This will be his third attempt at the Sony Open. Uh, but he, he actually had a good week last week. He, he kind of came back from a, a tough start, I believe, uh, and ended up finishing T13 at the Century Tournament of Champions. But he checks a lot of boxes in terms of, um, you know, in terms of ball striking. Great iron player, top 20 in the field, really, in opportunities gain and strokes gain approach. Putts really good on Bermuda. He's seventh in the field over the last 36 rounds, putting on Bermuda. So I'll go with a little Lonto Griffin. I think this feels like an event Lonto will, could win. And so I like the win equity there at 8,100. And I think he's probably going to be a nice pivot from the course horse at Wiley, which is Charles Howell III right there at 8K. Um, my fade here is going to be a first-timer who didn't play last week. So if you look at the trends, you know, first-timers don't win here. Um, doesn't mean they can't do well, but they don't win. They don't win, and people who don't play Kapalua the week before don't win either. And that would be Eric Van Ruyen. Here's the thing about Eric Van Ruyen I looked at. Like, I like Eric Van Ruyen, you know, handsome guy, you know, tall drink of water, wears joggers. I'm all about that. <laughs> South African, right? I, we all like the South Africans. I like Eric Van Ruyen. Hits the ball a long way. Cool guy. But I, I, I had no idea just how lackluster his PGA Tour career has kind of been. He's played in 21 events. He only has two top tens in 21 events. Two. Now, he's got... He's got some top 20, some top 25s. Um, you know, he played okay in a few majors, but two top 10s. And so that kind of upside for a guy who in the DFS streets is kind of a favorite. A lot of people like him. Uh, I'm going to pass on him having never played here and did not play last week. So that's my fate. Okay. Well, uh, one of our plays is definitely the same this uh, in this range, and that is Kiz. I love him this week. I think he's just a lock. I'm going to play him. If you play cash, I would play him there, but I love him in tournaments as well. So, and I think that price is perfect with it for you know for him at 8,800. And look, I mean, like you said, this is just a perfect course for him. He loves it. Um, I could see him easily winning this tournament. So I will play some kids. I like Zach Johnson. I was on him just kind of, I kept kind of mm. trickling him in, trickling him in late last year. And he continued to play well, had a top 10 finish at the RSM Classic. He's at 8,500. I think this is a good course for him. I mean, you look at the stats, um, you know, he's top 15 in an approach. He's 10th in the field in par four scoring. He's third in good drives gain. You know, he putts well in Bermuda. I like Zach here, and I think this is a great spot for him. And I feel like his ownership is certainly going to be, um, you know, not terribly high. My fade is actually Russell Henley at 8,700. Going to fade the dog. Bold fade there. This, I like I, and I think, you know, the stats are certainly going to line up for him. Um, and he's been in relatively good form. You know, the putting with him, everybody always just thinks of Russell Henley as being this great putter. And for the most part, he is. But, and Bermuda is his best surface. But if you just look at the last year, he has lost strokes putting in, I mean, even out of his oh, last, terrible. like, 10, it's been terrible. It's really been bad. 
So I just don't I, I don't see the win equity there with Russell Henley. I don't see the upside there. I think he's going to be higher owned than he probably should be. So he will be my fade in this range. So there you go. All right, give me some 7K love. Three GPP plays and a fade. All right, well, I'll start with a former champion. 700, and that is Patton Kazire. Now, he's a guy that we have seen play a lot better recently than he had over the last couple of years. Obviously, one here, he was top 15 the year after he won here and then missed the cut last year. But I think Kazire is, is kind of trending in the right direction. I think he's got the game turned around. You know, he's he definitely checks the box in that par five scoring, which I mentioned you've got to, you know, you've got to score well in these, these par fives here. He's top 10 there. He's second in the field in putting on Bermuda. So I think Kazire is just, I like the way his, his game has been recently. So at 7,700, I will play him. I like Russell Knox also at 7,400. He is another guy that we have seen playing relatively well lately. Um, you look at his last few events, he was, um, you know, T23 at the OHL at Mayakoba, top 15 at the Houston Open, top 16 at Bermuda. He did miss the cut at the RSM, but for the most part, Knox has been on a pretty good run of recent form. I like that. And then also when you look at his stats as well, um, definitely checking some boxes there. He's top 30 in the field across the board in ball striking approach, strokes gained around the green, top 10 in good drives gained. So I like some Russell Knox there at 7,400. And I like Ches Reavy also at 7,400. He's another guy that we've seen have some good success on this course. Great ball striker, great on approach. Wasn't it this, was it this tournament? Was it last year when he had two hole outs in one round? Like three. it was crazy. Like he had yeah, three. three. And you're looking yeah. at it like something's wrong with the uh, the shot tracker here, but it wasn't. This is another just good course for Reavy. And I think you play him this week also at 7,400. So there you go. The fade for me is Leishman. I want to like Leishman so bad. I really Man, your team course history too. This history's so good here. I know, but you it's look amazing. across. I mean, look at his stats right now. They're terrible. Played, and played since the restart, week. restart, he's been awful for yeah, the most part. I mean, he's 101st in ball striking, 96th in approach, 112th around the green, 11th in good drives games. I mean, the guy's just Broken. not playing well right now. I mean, and he was playing so good at the early part of last year. But since the restart, pretty terrible. I will fade Mark Leishman at 79. I will not say Cam Davis. I will not say Cam Davis. I will not say Cam Davis. I will not I knew you were going to say that. I even avoided okay. talking about him. I'm going to start off my 7K picks here uh, with a guy that, um, you know, everybody liked last week, and I think for good reason. Sebastian Munoz, $7,800, continues to play solid golf. Um, you know, was last was last week maybe a, a little disappointing? I don't think so. I mean, T seventeen, um, but you know, not bad at all. I think for Munoz, he's had some really good tournaments here in the fall, and really since the restart, he seems like a different player. Uh, you talk about Leishman being a different player in the in a bad way. I think Munoz has come out um, pretty good here in a good way. Ball striking is there. Everything is just solid across the board. Does well on Bermuda. Another player who's had some success on some coastal courses like this. I like playing the Kapalua angle from last week as well. Another guy who played Kapalua last week and uh, didn't play as well, uh, but that's Carlos Ortiz at 7,500. 
He finished 37th at the Tournament of Champions uh, just last week. I don't love that. This is his fourth or fifth time at uh, at Wiley. No, no great finishes to speak of, but I do think in terms of a GPP play, I think that's where uh, Ortiz is going to come into play. You know, remember Ortiz just won his his first PGA Tour event back in the fall uh, at the Houston Open, and then followed that up with an eighth place finish at Mayakoba, which is a very comparable course to here. And, and you know, I'm I'm believing in a little bit of confidence boost for for Ortiz. And, you know, if you look at good drives gained, he's 25th in this field. If you look at strokes gained around the green and putting on Bermuda, he ranks very high there as well. The irons are a little suspect, but I, I think this is a tournament play that I'm leaning into the trends of a guy who's not making his first appearance at the Sony, who just played Kapalua, um, and who can drive. It was a good total driver of the golf ball and coming off of a recent win. So that's kind of the angle for Ortiz. And I'm sure I, I would suspect he'd be somewhere like, sub eight percent in a lot of tournaments on DraftKings. okay for my third play in the 7k range i am going to go with sep straka i'm gonna go with sep mm. straka uga boy um it took you a second for that to come out of your mouth were you like yep, on i had the to, there i had to bounce my eyes i had to bounce my eyes to another location uh, Sep coming in with some decent form, you know, making cuts, top five finish at the Houston T21 at Bermuda. Um, so he's he's making cuts. He's playing well. He's trending nicely. I like that. Um, but Sep's a Sep's a ball striker, and he, he you know he this is his third time playing here, but he checks a lot of boxes, man. I mean, he checks a ton of boxes. Where is he? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the boxes he checks. Where the hell is Get Sep some from? boxes. Here he is. Okay. Uh, the irons are just incredible. Eighth in the field in strokes gain approach and 16th in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. Um, I really like the upside for SEP, 7,100 bucks. And this is long shot. This is a potential long shot, uh, you know, tournament here. I love that for SEP. Um, so th- those are my three tournament plays. I'm not going to say a bonus play. I'm not going to say a bonus play. I'm not gonna say bonus. My fade is going to be uh, a guy that I didn't like last week. And he, it did not, it didn't hurt me that I didn't like him last week. And that's Jason Kokrak finished T35 at the Century Tournament of Champions last week. He got up there for a little while. He just, yeah, it's a four day tournament, Pat. It's a four day tournament. This is only his, uh, let's see, this is his second, uh, no, sorry, five attempts here. He's, he's played here five times, but he hasn't played uh, only once in the last five years. I was in 2018 where he finished T47 in his five attempts at Wileye. He is minus 12 strokes gained approach. Uh, so he doesn't hit his irons well at this place. Doesn't enjoy the small greens, I'm guessing, or potentially the tighter fairways that require him to hit out of the rough. Um, and last week at Kapalua, he is negative in every single category. Negative. Every single category. Off the tee, approach, around the green, putting, the, the whole thing. And in the last 36 rounds on Bermuda, he is 105th in strokes gained putting. Kokrak does not like Bermuda grass. We did just see him break through his first win a few weeks back in the fall, but since then it hasn't been great. I think I'll pass on the name Jason Kokrak because I think he's still someone in DFS circles people want to play. Um, by the way, just real quick, I'll throw this out there. If I were going to start a cash lineup, I like Sung Jay, Sebastian Munoz, and one person we've not talked about, uh, Charles Howell III. I mean, 19 of 19 cuts he's made here. He's got like two runner-ups. 
two top threes, four top five. I mean, it's ridiculous. He loves his place, loves Wiley. It'll be interesting to see the ownership projections on him come Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Uh, he's definitely the chalk donkey of the week here at Wiley. But we love Charles. We love Charles. He's our boy. So yeah. this is his 20th appearance at Wiley. 20th. That's r- ridiculous. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what I've done 20 times in my life. What have I done 20 times? Pat, I mean, like, have you gone to church 20 times in your life or like, I don't know, read 20 books in your life? I definitely haven't read 20 books. I've gone to church 20 times for sure. <laughs> um, All right. Um, let's get to the 6K range. Any plays here that you like? Yeah, there's a lot of plays that I like. And sure, I will start. Will you? I got to start with my boy. I, I mean, in 2020, I loved him near the end of the year. In 2021, I'm going to ride him some more. And that is, who do you think it is? Who are we riding? Uh, Doug Gim. Doug Gim. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm on the Gim train. I'm going to act like I was never not on the Gim train. I'm going to act yeah. like I've never said a, a well, harsh you word. Were. You were. I love Doug Gim this week. No, I've been lying to the people. One. You lied. Came out, since he came out during college, I've always loved Doug Gim. I, I'm like, man, that Doug Gim guy just looks like a golfer. You know, he's got a great haircut. Um, all the stuff that makes up a great golfer. I've always said that about Doug Gim. And mm-hmm. go ahead, Pat. You like him too? Yeah, I do. I didn't. I don't know if all that's true or not, but yeah. I mean, listen, Gim is a great place and been in fantastic form. When you look at the stats for him, I mean, he is. He's right there in ball. He's top ten in the seventh in good drives gained, top gambling. Um, so I think that Gim is a you know. Gim is, again, a great play this week, as he has been all fall, and he's going to continue that for 2021. I like him a lot, so I will play him. I also like, right there next to him, Peter Malnati at 6,900. He's another guy that's checking some boxes for me. When you look at approach, you look at par-4 scoring, he's number one in the field in putting on Bermuda. He has been in pretty good recent form as well, so I like some Peter Malnati there. Right there at sixty nine hundred, I think that's a good price for him. Um, and you know he's played here actually five times and had a top fifteen uh, last year. He was t twelve a few years ago. He was t twenty seven. So he's had some success on this course. So for a cheap guy, I think he's got some upside also. And then going down to sixty four hundred, a guy that um, has played here twice, finished t forty five last year. He is checking some boxes as well, and that is Kramer Hickok. Hickok. Oh. Kramer Hickok. Hickok. Okay. No, I like him also. Checks the box and approach, ball striking, good drives gained. We've seen him have some good recent form as well in the fall. He's always seems to be pretty cheap and kind of pop. He might be a guy that could end up being like a first-round leader or something like that. But you look at his last couple events, had a T58 at Houston, had a top 10 at Bermuda. Um, so, you know, a coastal course with some wind and whatever else, and it's a shorter course where we saw like Brian Gay win. I think all Kramer Hickok could have a good week here at 6,400. You can take a flyer on them. So there you go. Those are my three GPP plays in the 6K range. A couple of Texas Longhorns you got there. Well, actually, I had Gim written down. I also kind of had a little peek at Malnati. So I'm there with you. A lot of agreement here. I don't like I don't love this range, which really means that I'm going to have a lot of homework to do between now 
and Wednesday night or Thursday morning when I'm in the Nut Hut chat and the the most popular effing Nut Hut question of all time comes up. Hey guys, who do you like under uh, uh, under seven seven K? You know, and I got to have a better answer other than just saying Doug Gim. Um, so I got to do some research. But other than Gim and Malnati, I'm kind of a sucker for Wesley Bryan down here. Super cheap, still playing on a major medical, needing to have some good play, some good finishes. This feels like a tournament, a golf course that could suit his his play, his abilities. Not super long. He's pretty accurate. Good wedge player. Good putter. Um, had a top ten in the fall. I think late in the fall. I'm not looking at it, but I think he had a top ten late in the fall and followed that up with some missed cuts. But I think this could be a good event for him. He's played here two or three times, uh, so he's one to interesting. And then Adam Shank is down there. It's just a cut maker. The guy just seems to make a lot of cuts. Uh, hasn't really really come out with top tens or anything like that uh, consistently, but he seems to make a lot of cuts, especially in this weak field. Shank may be a cut maker down there in the 6K, but that's all I got. I mean, I, Gim is my favorite, and then I did have Malnati, so that would be it for me. Okay. Um. Listen, let's get into some sports book talk. I've got some, we got some outrights tonight. I got some top 10s, maybe some top 20s. Uh, heck, there's even some matchups out tonight late on a Monday, which I'm really excited about, Pat. I'm very excited about that. Um, before we get to that, let's remind the listeners that if they need some help, there's no better place to get it than our friends that sponsor this podcast at Better Help. If, uh, if you're looking for, you know, somebody to talk to, somebody to, uh, you know, to, you know, to help you get some, some good counsel, some wise counsel. Uh, if you're if you're unhappy, if you're depressed, whatever it is, 2021 is not off to a kick and start. Like, let's all be real damn honest with ourselves. It's not like we turn the page in 2021. It's just now amazing. Right. It's been a really, really garbage couple of, you know, 10 days here of 2021 already. So we we understand that, uh, you know, that that people can benefit from getting some good help. And, you know, we saw better help. We we're like, Hey, you know, it's not something that, that we take lightly. And it's something that a lot of people could benefit from. You know, if you need some help, there's no better place to go than betterhelp.com. Um, so we want to, we want to let you know, you can, you can connect with a professional counselor. You can send a message anytime you get some, uh, you can set up a session. You can make appointments. It's super easy, way more affordable than traditional offline counseling. They're licensed professional counselors dealing in all kinds of stuff. Uh, and anything you share is obviously confidential. So we want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash tour junkies. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. And that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash tour junkies. Get you that help you need. You know, um, Marcus, I think could use something. I know that for sure. I know that. I know that one for sure. That's one customer they need right there is is, uh, is Marcus. Is, uh, you know, it's and I don't mind good. saying that. I don't mind saying that, Marcus. Hey, they're doing a, they're doing a good thing over there. Better help. And here's the thing: is that that is one of the issues in this country that I personally believe is not addressed enough. Everybody needs to feel comfortable to go get help when they need it. So that's just all I'll say about that. Yeah, let's talk about some uh, some sports betting picks for the sony some outrights man we were so close last week with freaking neiman oh god um let's talk about it who's your ankle to the putter your putter ankle to the putter putter to the ankle play i said the it last ankles. week I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep the theme going you know if you if you if you miss this pick if you miss the one pick 
So it's probably a shorter odds guy. You miss the one pick, you know, somebody gets to take a putter straight to your ankle on, on Sunday night, you know, who would it be? You got, maybe it's, maybe another way to look at it. You got a hundred bucks and you can only put it on one golfer to win. Who is the guy? For me this week, it is going to be Sung J M. Dude. And I love it at Bet. I wrote it down right next to M's name, ankle to putter play. Yep. He's a guy on Bet, Bet MGM. He's at 22 to 1. I like that number for him. So he will be, yeah, definitely the putter to the ankle guy. Yeah. Total agreement there. I mean, I think in terms of just overall value plus win equity, um, I think Sung Jay is definitely one of the better, better bets on the board. Yep. Love that. Um, who else you got kind of in the shorter to mid range? Shorter to mid-range, I also throw out a guy that we talked about in DFS, and that is Kevin Kisner. You can get him at 30 to 1. He is also on that's also on Bet MGM. I think that's a great number for him, also. So I will take him. And then another guy we mentioned uh late in the show. I thought he was gonna like slide by under the radar in the You're DFS. I'm going with I'm going with that. Charles Howell at 50 to 1 on points mm. bet. I think that's a good number there. So in the mid I think he's going to win. You think he could possibly win for like what the fourth time on the PJ tour in like 30 years. I think he can, especially on the course that he's what, what'd you say made the cut 19 out of 20 years here? 19 of 19. Yeah. Or, okay. So 19 of 90. So I definitely think he can win. Yeah. I certainly think he can. I, I would love to see him do it. Uh, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I'm prepared to bet on the outright. Um, definitely feels like a top 10, top 20 bet for me. Um, but I did, I also wrote down Kisner. We talked about how much we like Kiz on the DFS side. Uh, I mean, he loves, he loves Wiley. He's on the record loving Wiley. And he's also on the record of saying how much more comfortable he feels playing Wiley when he's had a chance to play Kapalua the week before, which he just did. So this play suits him much, much, much better. Um, he'll be able to play to his strengths a little better than he than he did at Kapalua. So I, I think I think the Sony Open is a great spot for Kiz to get a victory, and I do like the number at thirty to one. Actually, there's another guy at thirty to one that I think you know is a pretty good value. He's like a goodwill gold mine. You know, it's like you you go over to uh, you go over to TJ Maxx and find a Callaway shirt. You know what I mean? Like you're you're flipping through the racks and you see a darn polo 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 or like a chaps shirt ralph lauren and then you find a callaway you're a golfer right and then you find like a callaway polo and you're like damn and it's you know athletic material and all this stuff and it's got like a cool color block on it and you think you got to steal from the goodwill i think that's ryan palmer this week i talked about him at the dfs show 30 to 1 i mean the guy Back-to-back fourth-place finishes his last two events, including last week at Kapalua. Guess what? He also finished fourth here last week, I mean last year at the Sony Open. He's won this event in 2010. I mean, he's come a long way since 2010, winning at 250-1. to But 30-1, to I think, is actually a deal. I think it's actually a deal. I mean, when you look at the names above him at 30-1, to you know, Abraham Answer. I I like old Abe. And this is definitely a better course for Abe than last week was. but, you know, Abe's all about the putter. If, if the putter's not on, you can, you know, it's just not happening. I, I like him better than Abe at 28 to 1. Um, I like him actually better than the defending champ, Cam Smith, at 28 to 1. I like him definitely as much as Kiz, which are the same number, but I just think Palmer's a good value. I think he's ready to win again. Um, 
and he could he could have done it Sunday. Remember late Sunday, all he had, if he birdied seventeen and then eagled eighteen, which a lot of people were doing on eighteen towards the end, he could have won it. Ryan Palmer. So I don't know what it is. I just don't. I cannot. I can't get on board the Palmer train. I'm tired of hearing about Ryan Palmer. Come on, man. I mean, it, it's it's paid off. It's paid off. Um, all right, moving up a little bit. I, I talked about both of these guys. Both guys played last week at the Century Tournament of Champions. Both guys have played this event at the Sony Open, but uh Sebastian Munoz at 50 to 1 on points bet is a number that I really like. Uh Carlos Ortiz at 80 to 1 on Bet Rivers is another name. If you talk about uh, these two guys, both of them hit the ball plenty long, uh, but but good drives gained. That stat we talked about from Fantasy National. So drives that are either in the fairway or they're they're not so in jail that they don't hit the green in regulation. Both of these guys do that really well. Um, uh, you know, Ortiz coming off a of victory just a few weeks ago back in the fall, riding some confidence. Eighty to one, I think, is a big number for him. Uh, so that that was really what drew me to Ortiz was the number, but I think Munoz is another good value. I think similar to Ryan Palmer, I would I think fifty to one is very nice. I would I would definitely pull the trigger on Munoz as low as forty uh, in this field, uh, the way he's been playing, the confidence that he's got. So those are those are a couple of the mid range guys before we get into the bombs. Okay, that's all I got mid range. I got a couple of okay. bombs. Who are your bombs? A couple bombs. I'll start with. Uh... Oh, Tom Hoagie at 100 to 1. He's a guy that we've seen have some success here. Uh, he finished 12th last year at the Sony. He finished third a couple of years ago in 2018. He's been in pretty good recent form. Uh, you know, I think that you know he's a good approach player. So I think that's worth you know a, a few uh, a few a few dollars there at, at 100 to 1. And then your boy. Stuart Sink at 125 to 1. Like Here's it. the thing I like about that number. It's not just, you know, that Sink has been playing well lately. We've seen that, you know, he's added some distance and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he is 125 to 1 on points bet. He's 80 to 1 on bet MGM. So if you get him at 125 to 1 on points bet, you're getting a you know a way better number, a lot more value there, and obviously some win equity. We've seen him win against a field somewhat similar to this, maybe not quite as strong, you know, back in the fall. So I like some, I like some sync there at 125 to one. That's probably the longest odds guy. Dude, got. How, how sexy is Stuart sync right now? Like I, he's like a, he, he's like the, he's like the, you know, the, the older mom that you didn't really pay much attention to until she got like a really good doctor to give her some new, you know, front end, some some new like bolt-ons you some know and maybe front-end assets yeah some front-end assets and maybe like a you know maybe like a, a really good like a not an overdone but like a little a little facelift like that's kind of what i feel like stewart stewie sink has turned into man like he's found some distance he's got his son on the back so he's like vibing out there with his baby boy and he's like sharing the ropes with him and there's just like father-son energy going on and and then he's just bombing the piss out of it all over the place and like winning events. And then his interviews, he's so laid back. It's like, yeah, I, I got, you know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. He just got a fresh look about it. It's like Stifler's mom in American Pie back in the day. You know, you just got it. It just took you one day and you finally were like, okay, I see it. I see yeah. you, Stewie. I see you. And I can't take my eyes off them, them front bags you got on there, dude. 
God, dog, I'm gonna bet Stewart sink till the cows come home now. I'm gonna I mean, riled up. Whew. Yeah. Man, you need to calm down. You need some water or something. He's definitely just t- he's turned a corner. God bless America. I think um, you gotta run it too while it's while it's hot. Yeah, ride yeah, that thing. Something could happen. Something could happen. You yeah. know, because he's getting older, like some other body part could go bad all of a he sudden. Could get an infection or some bacterial thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, the last one I like, I love, is Sepp Straka. Uh, 125 to 1. Talked about him in the DFS side. Sepp is going to win on the PGA Tour. Like, I just, he's going to win in 2021. There's, there's just not a chance that he doesn't. He's too talented. He's too good a ball striker. He's too good of a scorer. You know, I think this this event is going to get back to, you know, 19, 20 under winning this thing. And I think Sepp Straka can turn around and do it in a field in a, in a tournament like that in a field like this. His irons are so, so sharp. He's one, uh, 125 to 1 on points bet. So I think Sepp Straka is the man there. Um, in fact, I got him at a, at a 11 to 1 top 10 bet as well. I feel really good about that one. I got some top 10s I want to throw out. Hendrick Nolander. We talked about him, the interview we did with him. He absolutely loves this place. Now, if you haven't watched the interview with Hendrick Norlander, he did say two things. Number one, he loves Wiley. Number two, he tends to play his best golf in his third or fourth event. This is obviously his first event coming off of a little hiatus, but I do know he's been practicing. He's been working hard uh, at Champions Retreat. So 11-1 to 1 for a top 10. Great ball striker is Hendrick Norlander, and he does love Wiley. And I think he's got a top 10 here before. So eleven to one for him, eleven to one for Straka. I can't, I can't go this podcast without saying his name. Eleven to one for Cam Davis. I just have to, I have to say his name. He's too good. He's too talented. He's too, he's too, he's too beautiful, and he's too Australian. And he hits it a long way, and he scores, and he's played well here once before. I love it. Another top ten that I like, and this is a, this to me is a big time value, twenty to one, Luke List. For a top 10. Now, 20 to 1. Think about that. Like, would you, if I told you that, you know, one of these names was going to be 20 to 1, and I said Norlander, Straka, Davis, or List, which one you would net, List would might be your last choice. Maybe you would think Davis. Maybe. I I just think it's a really good number for Luke List in the top 10. You know, he can pop and he's got upside and he actually plays well on, even though he's super long, he has shown that he can play well on shorter golf courses. Uh, and then a top 20 is Doug Gim at six to one because I've always been on Doug Gim and I'm a, I've, I've, you know, I nailed him out of college. Um, so six to one, top 20 for Doug Gim, I think is a, is a nice play. Do you have any of those top 10s, top 20s? No, not right now. I might later. Okay. In the week. Um, all right. Let's, uh, you know, we do have pontificate with Pat coming tonight, and I'm really excited about that. Why don't we just get into that? We were going to do some PGA Championship futures, but I think we just get straight into pontificate. I'm all, I'm all lathered up talking about Stewart Sink, and I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can focus enough on my bets. I'm ready to just sit back and hear the thoughts of one Patrick H. Perry um, that have just crossed your mind that you want to share with the people. Yeah, you know, I wish I had. I wasn't so low on the beer right now, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I've got a few here that I need to talk to you people about. I, I need to. I need to talk to y'all. First off, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what, what are you I, was, say I, I was just going to say, if the people, you know, if the people want to tune out here, don't. This this could be one of the best parts of the whole night. The picks could be absolute garbage. So a couple things here. You know, we live in a world where everybody, everything needs to be right at your fingertips. Okay. Hmm. You know, like you, you've got everything right there. You know, everything, everybody needs everything so fast and furious and, you know, you can do every, you can order takeout, right? You can do everything right then. Yeah. But, and what would you say is the start of that? The internet. The internet. But what would you say, you say like the iPhone or the, those oh, phones, yeah. like, like that yeah, kind the phone, of stuff? The, the smartphone, yeah. No, it's not. You're wrong. Oh. Oh, okay. You know what it is? You know what it is? What is, what is it? The, the, the thing that started that revolution is the TV remote. That's what did it. <laughs> Once the TV remote came out, laziness, the, the, the movement to laziness in America grew, okay? Because then you didn't have to get up, change the channel, and things like that. So everybody wants to talk about... You had to self. get up to change the channel? Yeah, without a remote. If you didn't have a remote, you had to get up. You had to, you know, turn the channel. You, you, so the, 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 the TV remote was really the start of the laziness of America when it comes to having everything at your fingertips, not the phones, not internet. Everybody wants to talk about that. It's really the TV remote is what I think. Okay. Okay. I think that's you can't wrong. Change my, you can't change my mind on that. Yeah, but I think you're wrong. No, I'm right. Okay. TV remote started it all. Okay. Here's another thing I've been thinking about. <laughs> Josh Kissler just said, when I close my eyes, I swear I can hear my Paul Paul. <laughs> 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 or Pat Papaw, sorry, Papaw. I think that's pronounced Papaw. Pa- yeah, great. you gotta go use Papaw. Um, <laughs> you know, here's another thing that I, I just think, and this is a, this is about America too. Yeah, America's a free country. Okay, we created things like rock and roll and baseball and all those kind of stuff. So, you know, we're a free country. We're free thinkers and all that kind of stuff. So, why in the hell? When I am growing up and I'm taking a standardized test, did I have to use a damn number two pencil? I don't even know what a number two pencil does. Like, what's the difference between a number two pencil, a number one pencil, and a number three pencil? I didn't, I mean, why was I told I got to use a number two pencil? There is no way you can say that if I use a number three pencil on a standardized test, that for some reason I was going to get bad grades. Yeah, we were all taught to believe. No, you that weren't going to get bad grades. You were going you the the thing would what, be able to read, even it. read the paper. There's no, that's no. I don't believe that. That's I science, Pat. That's just people science, just man. Me, I don't know what to no, tell you. People said that number two pencils were the best thing ever, and I feel bad for all the number one and the number three pencils out there. That's that now you're being now you're being twenty twenty one woke. You now now you're too now you feel sorry for the number one pencils. That's that one. I don't. That one. That one. That one was not your best stuff. I, I'm sorry. One? Number two pencils, I hate them. Um, here's another one. And I've written about this before, but sometimes not everybody reads the chalk bomb and things like that. But they probably won't. You should. Days. If you don't read the chalk bomb, you should because we, we put pontificate in almost, you know, pretty much every week. Um, the escape button on a key <laughs> on a keyboard. Yeah. I'd like to know what the hell the escape button's for. I don't know. I don't. I really don't. I don't understand what it's for. It sits there. It's in the top left hand corner. I feel yeah, like I it's. It do, I feel like like when do you press the escape button? 
I feel like it, I feel like precedent right now, as I'm sure some listeners probably do as well, but I, I'm not. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I've never used it. I mean, I feel like if you the only thing I feel like the escape button is just to get out of something. But even that doesn't work on my computer. I can hit escape right now all day long and it won't get me out of here. So <laughs> what would you what would you replace it with? I mean, you know, what would you replace that space with? I don't maybe they could come up with something really cool that like could could um make some cool noises and shit. I don't know. Make noises. Maybe if you hit the escape, if you hit the escape button, some somebody would come out of nowhere and bring you a drink. That, that. Pat, now, now it's just like the Jetsons, man. Like it's got to be a basic ass button on your MacBook. Okay, well, if you hit the work. escape button, if you hit the escape button, then it gives you all the golfers that are, you know, checking the box and strokes gained approach and whatever. so a customizable, a customizable yeah. button. Okay, okay. Um, here's another one that I thought about. I told you about this one earlier this week or last week. What is it with these local businesses yeah. that create these commercials and they put their damn kids on the commercial, yeah. especially I like hate that. a car hate dealership that. or something like that? I cannot stand that. First off, yeah. your kid, you may think he's cute or she, but they're probably yeah. not as cute as you think they are. And they're not. They're terrible actors. They're terrible. That's the worst part. They're terrible actors. And it just turns people off. I don't want to buy from, you know, Joe car dealership guy with his two, you know, kids on there. Annoying yes, the hell. His I mean, two sleazy kids, man. His two sleazy kids. No, I do hate this. You did bring this up, and this is legit. Pat was like literally called me fired up about this. And that's why that's when I was like, dude, this is a pontificate thought. Just stop. But th- that is legit. When when you it's bad enough that people like local commercials exist in general. Local commercials are the absolute worst. And just when you think it only happens in your local town or city, no, go somewhere else, go on a vacation, turn on the TV, local news or something pops up, and then you get some local furniture commercial that is an absolute disaster. But when it's one thing when just the the the, the adults, you know, the grown people are up there sucking it up. But I agree. When they add their kids, it's the worst. Like what I'm trying to think of like if you could pick a PGA Tour pro who retires from golf, doesn't play the Champions Tour, sets up a small business, which one is more likely to put their kid in the damn commercial? Who, who if you're if you're still watching this video in the chat, type in the PGA Tour pro who would more who would be the most likely to include their kid in a commercial about their business. I mean, I everything in my in my brain wants to say bryson just because that seems like a really bryson like passing on the the douchiness zach johnson popped in my head for some reason no you know it'd be uh it'd be like uh it'd probably be webb because webb's just a super nice guy and he's like a family guy and he wants to appeal to all the all the people who have a butt ton of kids you know he'd have like all of his kids he's got like he's like the philip rivers of golf he's got all these kids running around in his video um it maybe it might be him but I do. I definitely think Bryson would think that his kid was like the next Kurt Cameron. You know, that was a '90s reference, not not current Kurt Cameron, but like '90s Kurt Cameron. Yeah, I think someone like Bubba too. Bubba would do it. Um, Stuart Sink. We talked about him. It's, it might be his son. He's he loves propping up his son in the press conferences. Yeah. Anyway, I just th- those those commercials drive me up the wall. I can't. I just can't stand them. Um, 
this is more of kind of like just a a PSA, just a, an announcement that I need to make, and I, and maybe people can help me out here. But you know, in this day, you need better help. You need yeah, I need, I need better help right now. Um, you know, so in in in, in this co- in these COVID times, uh, you know, we have a lot more like takeout orders that we're doing. You know, all this contactless delivery and all that kind of stuff, and you know, drive-throughs, not eating in restaurants and things like that. I don't know what it is. It's like technology for me, BB, but <laughs> it's terrible. I always get my takeout orders are never good or never right. Like they always F it up and drive throughs the same way. It always gets F up. So I don't know if there's like some like way that you should be ordering, you know, drive throughs and takeout orders, like doing certain things first versus whatever. I don't know, but I, I, suck at ordering drive through the drive through and takeout. It just doesn't ever work cursed. out for me. Yeah. You're pretty I'm cursed, cursed in general with stuff like that. But I think a lot of it is because when you're hitting these drive throughs you are obliterated late in the evening and you think that you said one thing and then they got your order wrong. But in actuality, you said the right thing. And then by the time they got your order, you forgot what you said or you thought you said something different. So I, no, I, I mean, think I that's don't probably know a call for betterhelp.com. I think so everybody I should have to order by number. I feel like if if you're going through the McDonald's drive-through and you don't order by a number, you, you just can't you can't order. You don't. I don't want any. Change, I don't want any changes in the order. I want no ketchup. You know, only pickles. This like I just want everybody to have to say I want a number one. You know, if you're you're at Chick Fil A, I want the number one. You know, or if you're at McDonald's, you'd be the number nine because that's a two cheeseburger meal. I mean, if you want, that's what you say. You say, I want a number nine, and then you say your drink, and then you're done. That's it. There's no there's no adding all this other crap into people's order. I can't stand it. I don't agree with that. I think that's a terrible idea. Um, there you go. That's you all that. I got. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was great. Thanks for pontificating with us. Thank you for sharing that with us. We hope that you, uh, your pawpaw self, get some of that stuff worked out in your own brain. And, and I, I do think our friends at BetterHelp could help you uh, if you want to work through some of that. I'm sure they've never had a call about, you know, someone pissing and moaning and getting worked up about uh, people not ordering only by numbers at drive through windows that that would be a fun that would be a fun one to to maybe throw out there so that is the podcast for the sony open 2021 the tour junkies we're here to you know throw out some picks throw out some names throw out some stats unless you're marcus and uh, and have a little fun you know that's what we're here for just trying to bring a little bit of humor to what you're doing every single week hope you guys have a wonderful week we'll see you in the nut hut be sure and get in there it's so much fun Check out the chalk bomb. Check out all the videos coming out this week. Pat's video, Ben's video. It's going to be a good time. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. See ya. Out.